This is Missions Month. That's why we're bringing you a lot of updates just on our missionaries to, to celebrate what God is doing around the globe, uh, to bring a greater awareness of the missionaries that we are supporting on a monthly basis to encourage you. Hey, if you don't give to missions, um, to, to do that. Give to missions. You can mark your offering envelope, just write missions on it, and just make a, a monthly commitment even today. You know, I'm going to give 20 bucks a month or $50 or whatever it might be so that we can keep our missionaries on the field and we can continue to bring new missionaries on as, as God calls more and more. Uh, but this missions month, it's also to bring uh, urgency, urgency to the mission that God has called us to, to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And so this month, we're looking at Jesus's mission, what he said he came to this earth to do. And uh, while we know he came to, to die on the cross, to rise again, we're, we're looking at why. Why did Jesus need to do that? Why did he come? Why did he go through all of that pain and all of that agony? What was his purpose? And the verse that we're looking at all this month is in Luke chapter 4. And in verse 18, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. But he says, this is, this is my mission statement. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. All right, so this is his mission. There's kind of four, four parts in it. And last week, we looked at the first part of his mission was to proclaim good news to the poor, to let all people know, everybody from the greatest among us down to the least among us, that there's good news, that Jesus came, he died and rose again, that they can have freedom, that they can have forgiveness of sin, that they can have hope. He came to proclaim good news, the greatest news. Now, this week, we are going to be looking at the second part of his mission, which was to proclaim liberty for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind. So this week we're talking about freedom, proclaim liberty to the captives. Uh, are you thankful for the freedoms we have in our country? Yeah, I, I'm so grateful. You know, some days it's just like, oh man, what are we thinking? But at the end of the day, we've got so much freedom. We have so much freedom. I'm so thankful, thankful for the, the men and women who have died for our freedom. You know, we hear our missionaries and, and hearing the fact converting someone to Christianity could cost 10 years in prison. Can you imagine facing that? But yet here we have the free, we have the freedom to meet. We have the freedom to proclaim Jesus. We, we can talk to our neighbor. We're not going to get arrested for doing that. And, and we have We have freedom. Jesus says he came to proclaim freedom, to proclaim liberty for the captives. That word captive in the Greek is actually a, a compound word. Uh, the first word meaning to be taken, and the second word spear. So to be taken at spear point is literally what this word captive, to be held hostage at, at spear point means. Uh, this week I was reading a story about uh, one of our prisoners of war, and uh, I just want to share that story a little bit because I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be taken as a prisoner, to be taken as a hostage. And that's what Jesus is talking about is, is he's here to set captives free, people who have been held hostage to set them free. Uh, the story I was reading in 1967, there was a man by the name of David Harker. Uh, David Harker was a college student. He was a junior at Virginia Tech, and uh, he was doing a little rough in school, so he had to take a quarter off. 
Well, it was at that time that they had the, the draft for the Vietnam War. And uh, he said, the government got me. They, they saw I wasn't a full-time student. They, he got drafted, and just a few months later, on November 15, 1967, uh, David touched down with the rest of his unit in Vietnam. He said as soon as the, the airplane opened, he noticed two things, the oppressive heat and that Vietnam just had a smell of its own. Uh, he, he couldn't even begin to describe it. And as they got off the plane, he saw another group of soldiers who were very excited to see them because they were their replacements. And, and they couldn't get on that plane fast enough to, to get out of Vietnam. So that, it wasn't looking so good for him. Now, he had been trained in some different things uh, uh, as a rifleman, some different, uh, but the only position they had available was an infantryman. And so that's what he went out, and every day with his unit, he would move forward about 1,000 meters trying to, to, to push the lines. And one day, David was the forward, most forward man in his unit when they were attacked by the North Vietnamese. And it was kind of a surprise attack. They weren't really ready for it. And before they knew it, two of their soldiers were down and the rest of the soldiers, their unit was completely surrounded. They had gotten behind them and uh, at gunpoint, they were taken hostage. They had become prisoners of war. So for the next three years, David was a captive in the prisoner in a, in a, in a war camp out in the mountains. It was a vast camp, and every day they had no food. They had to go forage for their own food, so they'd go out into the mountains, and the only thing that they could find to survive was manioc root. So every day they'd go out and they'd forage for this, and, and that's the only thing that they had keeping them alive. It said many died of starvation while they were out there. In the three years that uh, they were there, they had to bury nine of their soldiers, six of them just in the course of a couple months one year. And so I can't imagine just, just this thought of, am I ever going to get out? Am I ever going to get away? Am I ever going to be freed? Or is, is this all that's left in my life? The, the war is still going on. And, and he really just was starting to, to lose hope. He saw his soldiers dropping around him from starvation. After three years, he was transferred to uh, another uh, camp up in, in North Vietnam, and, and for two more years, he was held captive there. This time they had food, but they were held in isolation. They weren't able to talk to each other. They, they tried to, to pass notes and different things, but they kept them isolated. They weren't able to read anything or see what was going on, but they eventually caught word a couple of years in that uh, a peace treaty had been reached, that the war was going to be over, and, and finally, uh, he was allowed to go home. Can you imagine for five years being a prisoner of war? During that time, his family heard no updates. They assumed that, that he was dead. They, they had no hope that he was going to be alive. But I, I just can't imagine what it's like to be held captive. You know, there's so many things in our world today that we can be held captive by. Uh, just to give you some, some statistics, uh, Today, while you know, we might think slavery is abolished, there's 50 million people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. 50 million. Think about that. That's up 10 million in the last five years. 50 million people enslaved. 28 million in forced labor, many of those uh, in the human trafficking, caught in human trafficking, that they are, they are being sold. 22 million in the forced marriages. 50 million people in our world today who are held captive against their will 
and slavery. But not only that, but think about all the different things that we can just be held captive by. Again, we, we're in a free country, but there's a lot of things that we can allow ourselves to be held captive to. Or things that we can't control that just seem like we're, we're chained to, like our health. Right? Sometimes we feel like we're just a prisoner to our health, that we just can't get away from the doctor's office, that there's always something going on, there's always some new medicine we've got to take, and, and it's just, man, you're captive to your health. Maybe for some of you today, you're, you're held captive to your job or your bank account. You just feel like, ah, oh, there's never enough. There's, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and, and I, I just can't get away, and I can't do these things. I'd love to get out of this place, but I can't. I feel trapped. Some of you, you feel trapped by debts, maybe loans that you've taken out that you just can't seem to get out from under, or, or past mistakes that you've made. You know, your past keeps catching up to you, and you just feel like you're held captive. You're held captive. There's no freedom in store. There's no freedom to go, and, and you don't know what to do. Some of you, you're, you're caught in a bad relationship or, you know, your family is just like you don't know how to gain unity again. You don't know how to gain freedom again and you just feel trapped. Some of you today, perhaps you feel held captive to an addiction. No matter how many times you, you try to give it up, you try to get away from it, you're still held captive to it. Others of you, maybe, you know, emotionally, you just feel held captive to, to loneliness to depression. And while on the outside you look like everything is, is okay, on the inside you just feel trapped. Can't even imagine what freedom feels like. Again, there's so many things that can hold us captive in this world. We're going to talk about a few more of them in a minute, but, but right now, would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9? Because I have good news for you today. We serve the God who sets captives free. We serve the God who sets captives free. So in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to read a story about a man who was, was held captive, in a sense. And in Matthew 9, starting with verse 1, we are introduced to him. It says this, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. All right, so we're going to focus in on this man today. We don't know much about him. We know that he had some people, some friends who brought him to Jesus, who was carrying him on a mat. But all we really know about this man is that he was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. He was, in one sense, chained to his mat. He was chained to his mat. He couldn't get up. He couldn't move around. And, and I can't imagine how hard it must have been uh, to be a paralyzed man back in this day. I mean, the, the wheelchair doesn't get invented for another 1,600 years. It almost had to be a, a death sentence, that he couldn't move, he had to rely on everybody else, and, and here he is. What can he do? He's held captive by his health. And so one day, his friends bring him, and, and he gets to meet Jesus, because he hears that, man, Jesus is someone pretty special, and it's a good thing that he met Jesus, because again, Jesus' mission was to proclaim freedom and liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Now, I'm going to make an assumption here that when Jesus says his mission is to give sight to the blind, that that wasn't the only disease that he was going to heal, right? That that wasn't the only uh, issue, you know, that this would extend to other things like paralysis. And so this, this man comes. And I, I'm, 
you know, just kind of set the scene for you. Imagine that you're standing with Jesus right now. Imagine you're one of his disciples. And you're standing next to Jesus. You see he, this guy coming in. Some people are carrying him on a mat. He's clearly paralyzed. And, and he comes up. And, and you're, you're watching. And you're kind of thinking, okay, I know what's going to happen next. Right? I, I've got this. I've seen this before. Pretty cut and dry. Jesus came to set people free. Jesus came to heal people. Obviously, this, this man, he's paralyzed. He's on this mat. Uh, he can't move. He's got to rely on his friends to drag him around. Uh, this has got to be a very difficult life. All right, Jesus, uh, you know, say the magic words, healing coming right up. You know, just kind of watch it. So how does Jesus respond to this man? Verse 2 tells us this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Wait, what? Jesus, don't you see this man's paralyzed? Right? Don't you see that he's in? Don't you see that he can't walk? Don't you see? You're supposed to say, be healed. You know, like, get up, take your mat and walk. Jesus, you said the wrong line. said, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. You know, we can be held captive by many things in our life, but one thing that is always looking to take us prisoner is sin. Sin's always looking to take us prisoner. In fact, Jesus said, John 8, 34, Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Church, we have all sinned. Every person on this planet from Adam and Eve on has sinned, which makes us all a slave to sin. A slave to sin. And so he tells this man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Because he's looking at this guy and he says, paralysis isn't your biggest problem. Sin is. And so he deals with the most difficult problem first. He says, your sins are forgiven. And what's really cool is that in the, in the Greek, uh, you look at this word forgiven, right? And it's the exact same word back in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when he says he came to proclaim liberty. That liberty and forgiven, same word. They come from the same word. Because when, when Jesus forgives us, he gives us freedom from sin. He gives us liberty from sin. And that's what he came to do. He came to proclaim liberty for the captives. Church, we are held captive by sin. And that's what Jesus came to do was to proclaim liberty, to proclaim forgiveness over our lives. That's what he came to do. And so he sets the captives free in this moment. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now let me talk to you a little bit more about just this idea of being held captive. You know, we we're, we're held captive by a lot of things in our lives. We went through a lot of that list earlier, but uh, often in America, we don't see how held captive we are because we look like we're free. But in reality, if we could put on a you know, spiritual pair of glasses, this is us, right? We're chained. We can't get away from our sin. We're, we're, we're stuck to it. You know, if we could walk around and people could actually see what's, what's going on, they'd see that that we're stuck in our sin. But we don't normally see that with our, our normal eyes. But if we could put those spiritual glasses on again, we would see that we are in chains, that we are helpless, that we can't get away. You know, maybe you're sitting here today and you're just, 
you're addicted. Maybe you're addicted to a substance, and you keep saying, you know, I'm going to clear that up, but, but every day you walk around, and it's just, you know, stuck to you, and man, that hurts. That doesn't feel good. You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're addicted to, to lust or to pornography, and, and you keep saying, oh, I'm going to get away from that, but everywhere you go, it just seems like you're just dragging that with you, and you just can't get away from it. What are you addicted to today? What, what, how about this? What lies are you tangled in? What lies are you tangled in? And if you could see the real picture, if you could, if people could see your heart, they'd see you're just walking around and you're just chained up to it. And man, that's, it's starting to hurt. It's starting to get heavy. And those chains that you're carrying around, oh man, those lies that you just seem like you got to keep going in and going further and going further, it just weighs on you. Just weighs on you. So what are you entangled in? What sins can you not get rid of today? Maybe it's your past mistakes. Maybe it's your past regrets. And you just, again, you feel chained up. You feel like you can't get away. No matter how far you run, your past is still right there. People still view you in the wrong light. And you don't know how to get away from it. And you're chained up. Maybe you just have dark thoughts. These things that you can't escape, these things that you feel like you can't get away from, and this sin, the Bible says it so easily entangles, so easily entangles. It wants to take us prisoner on the outside. Everything may look fine, but on the inside, we are held captive, and we need somebody to set us free. We need someone to set us free, and in verse verse 3, Jesus encounters some more captive people. Verse 3 says this, at this Some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus says, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. See, the teachers of the law, they thought they were free. Right? They walked around like, hey, I'm the greatest, I'm the best, I know what I'm doing. The teachers of the law, they saw all of this play out. They thought they were free, and so they questioned Jesus. Who is this guy that he can forgive sins? He must be blaspheming. But here they are, and Jesus looks at them and says, hold on. Hold on, you guys aren't free. You guys have got chains of your own. You've got evil building up in your heart. You're, you're held captive by sin. You're, you're, you're held captive by evil. You're held captive. You're chained to your tradition. And that's what he's telling these teachers of the law, that they're chained up. But again, Jesus came, he says, not just to proclaim liberty to the captives, but to give sight to the blind. He came to give sight to the blind, and that's what he's doing here. He's giving sight to the blind. While these teachers, they were not physically blind, spiritually They were blind. They couldn't see that they were chained to evil in their heart. They couldn't see that they were entangled in sin. And so he gives them sight and he says, hey, let me put on some spiritual glasses for you here. Let let me show you. Let me open your eyes because on the outside you think you've got everything going right. But on the inside you're tangled up. You're lost. You're trapped. You're held captive. See, today I believe that Jesus wants to proclaim recovery of the sight of the blind in, in, in your lives today. I believe that he wants to show us things that we're tangled into, things that that we don't want anybody else to see, but Jesus wants to show it and identify it for us today so that he can set us free, so he can make us new. 
but not only for ourselves, but also so that our eyes would be open to the slavery that's going around in this world. The many lives that are being held captive all around this world. Those 70 kids who, who don't even know it, but they're being held captive. And they need to, to hear the God who proclaims freedom over their lives. I'll keep coming back to this stat, but the 3.4 billion people in our world who have never heard an adequate presentation of the gospel. 3.4 billion people that every day they're walking around in captivity. They're looking for hope. They're, they're searching for it. So they try religions. They, they, they try spirituality. They, they, they try uh, venturing into the supernatural. They, they, they try to do good works. They try to do all of these things, but nothing solves the problem. There's only one who can set them free. And we know the answer, church. What can we do about it? How can we help in setting the captives free? Verse 6 says, So Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and he went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to man. See, Jesus, he doesn't just have the power to set you free physically like we see here. He says, get up, take your mat, and go home. But he has the power to set us free spiritually. He's got the power to set us free, church. He's got the power to set this world free. See, the man that day, he came just because he heard about healing and he thought that he could experience freedom in his legs. But he left with so much more than that. He left experiencing new life. He experienced the greatest freedom the world has ever known. Freedom from sin. I mean, this, this life gets pretty old just walking around, chained to our past, chained to our addiction, chained to our sin. But Jesus came to set us free. And it said the crowd was praising God. They were, they were worshiping God. They didn't even know how to respond to the power that Jesus had to forgive sins. See, that day Jesus completed part of his mission. He completed part of his mission to proclaim freedom to the captives and to give recovery of sight to the blind. Right? He, he fulfilled part of his mission that day. And today you may be feeling trapped, but the good news is that Jesus wants to do the same thing for you. He wants to take these handcuffs off. He wants to remove them. And let me tell you why that's possible. Right? Colossians chapter 1 tells us this. For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It says that Jesus has redeemed us. He's redeemed us. Now, it uses this word redemption. This redeem means to to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. So again, today, we're held captive by our sin. We're held captive. We can't get away from our sin. There's nothing you can do to get away from your sin, from the lies that you've told. When you've put other things ahead of God, there's nothing you can do to get away from your sin. You, you don't have enough money right? You can't pay for it. You can't do enough good works to get forgiveness, to get liberty. You can't. You're just, you're chained to it. We can't get away. 
Someone needed to pay the price. Someone has to purchase your freedom. And the only one who could, who's ever been able to pay that price was Jesus. See, Jesus was never held captive by sin. Oh, the devil tried. He tried to tempt Jesus. He, the devil personally came and tried to tempt Jesus. Jesus never gave in. He was never held captive by sin. He lived in freedom. But yet Jesus, he saw us in our captivity. He saw the chains, right? He, he saw what we were dragging around. He saw our pain. He saw our agony. He saw all that. And he had compassion on you. And he cared for you. And so he decided to pay the price. And he went to the cross. And he gave up his life in exchange for you. In exchange for the 3.4 billion people out there who don't know about Jesus. He gave up his life for us. He paid the price. He died on the cross so we could have freedom. So we could have new life. And we no longer have to live in our chains. We no longer have to drive or walk around with all that weight on our shoulders. But we can truly, from the inside out, say, I'm free. I'm whole. I'm new. I'm forgiven. Right? And, and man, that, that man that day, he, he walked away. He got up from his mat. And, and he was probably jumping around. He was probably doing cartwheels and back handsprings and all that stuff. But it wasn't so much because he had feeling in his legs because he had freedom in his heart. He had freedom in his life. The weight of sin was no longer holding him back. Church, today, does anybody need freedom? Does anybody need freedom in this place? Does anybody feel those chains? Maybe God's opened your eyes this morning to some of those chains that, that you don't even realize you've been walking around with for so long, you've just gotten used to the weight. But today, God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free. And even before we go any further today, would you just bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. And I want to give you an opportunity to experience freedom like you've never experienced it before there's anybody in this place today and you just say, man, I, I need freedom. I've been walking around in chains and I, I, I just need Jesus to set me free. Today, would you just raise your hand and catch my eye? I want to pray with you today. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Hands all across this place. I believe that we serve the God who sets people free. So can we all just pray this prayer together and just ask for freedom? Jesus, I'm held captive. I need you to free me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. God, I'm trapped. And I need a way out. Would you forgive me? Make me new. I want to follow you. Amen. Church, God offers freedom today. I believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart that God has set you free, that he's forgiven you. Now in just a moment, we're going to open up these altars. You don't have to wait. You can come right now. 
But I challenge you, pour it out to God. Maybe there's some things that you just really need, some specifics. You just need to, need to confess. It says if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just and will forgive us. And he'll set us free from being held captive by sin. But before we, we go, before we go to the altars this morning, I, I want to also mention this. In that story, the only reason that the man encountered Jesus, the only reason that he was set free was because he had friends who brought him to Jesus. He had friends who, who brought him to Jesus. In, in other accounts of this story, in the other gospels, we, we see kind of the lengths that the friends went to. Jesus was preaching to a packed house. There was no room. And so his friends brought this guy on a mat up onto a roof, made a hole in the roof and lowered him down to get to Jesus. They went through a lot of work. Church, not only can Jesus set us free, but he can use you to help set others free. Jesus is the only one who sets us free, but, but can we bring people to Jesus? Can we bring the lost and the broken and the hurting to Jesus? Can we, can we play a part in, in bringing our, our neighbors and our coworkers and our family members and just putting them in a position to receive our King of Kings? Can we give? Can we give so we can send our missionaries across this globe so they can reach out and, and put people in a position to receive from the one who sets us free? What can we do? What can we do to not only be set free, but to set others free? We've got a great task in front of us. Would you stand with me? This morning, we we intentionally have plenty of time here today. We're going to open these altars. I encourage you, do some business with the King of Kings today. If there's chains that are holding you back, I, I challenge you, come to this altar and, and make some things right with God. We There'll be people down here to, to pray with you, to agree with you. But, but I challenge you, come to this altar. This is a place of healing. This is a place of freedom. This is a place of deliverance. This is a great place. I believe there's going to be some people who are walking out today like that paralyzed man, and, and you're just going to feel freedom like you've never experienced it before. So I challenge you to do that. Maybe today you, you just are saying, man, God's calling me to something greater. He's calling me to, to bring those, those people. And maybe God's working on your heart. Come find a place at this altar. Spend some time asking God, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to reach others? And let's just go after Jesus together. Father, thank you for the freedom that you provide. God, thank you that we are no longer prisoners, that we are no longer chained because you have given us freedom. Freedom from sin. You made us new. You made us whole. God, I pray that you would do a great work today. Heal us. Set us free. Make us new. And help us to bring others so that you can do the same in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Church,